Okay, let's do this thing. Let's podcast. You're listening to The Joy and the Affray. Welcome to another episode of the Joy in the Afraid, my friends. 
That was this week's guest, Freddie Quinlan, and his band, the Back Road Smokers Club, who recorded that version of Curtis Mayfield's Move On Up on Zoom during quarantine. The video for it's really nice as well. Freddie Quinlan is a fucking really cool guy. I'm so happy that I got the chance to record this with him, even though I'm on the road in Slovenia. Um, that's a nice lead-in for me to say apologies for my audio um, on this particular recording because I was just using a shitty headphone mic. I did my best to make it sound as palatable as possible. Freddie actually sounds great because he's using a professional musician's mic, professional musician that he is, but uh, I did not have the appropriate equipment at hand in my current living situation. Let's get straight into this episode because it's bursting with energy and it's a lot of fun. But just before we do, if you would like to support the podcast, please, won't you sign up to our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash the joy in the affray and check out my website, awildawakening.com to see the other services that I offer and the other work that I do. Uh, The podcast is also hosted up there as well. And all the links that you will need to find Freddie and the work that he offers to the world will be posted on the SoundCloud and on the website. So be sure to check it out. All right, guys, without further ado, may I introduce to you the ambassador of the arsehole of Ireland, back road smoker, crazy mischief, occultist, spiritual lunatic, and yoga teacher, my friend, Freddie Quinlan. I like the fact that, like, you know, I'm the one who's like, oh, yeah, let's do a podcast. I've got a podcast, Freddie, and I'm using my shitty little headphones mic because I don't have a proper setup here. And you're like, oh, I'm the guest. I've got my pro microphone because I'm a musician. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only set this up yesterday. I, I bought this. I bought this with the intention of like, oh, sure, we're going to be living in lockdown life now. I need to teach yoga classes on uh, on the Internet. So it's going to have to sound good. And I never even got to set it up because once it all unraveled again, it was like teaching the yoga class, playing the band, running around again. You know, even though there's no gigs, still managed to be busy. But now it's like, oh, yeah, time to use this thing again. What's going on? What's going on in the motherland? Um, well, did you hear we are on level three of a lockdown now? I don't get what all these levels are about. Like when I, like yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. living there, like it was plain old, you know, you just got locked down and that was it. Like what, what's, what's this <laughs> tier system about? There's, there's, there's levels of lockdowns. It's like they, they do lockdown sections. It's like this county is locked down. This county, this county is level five. This county is level two. So, um. Level three basically means there's no yoga classes. Yoga, high high risk of catching COVID doing yoga. So yoga teachers out, you know. And schools so, are still on. Schools are still on. Kids, my brother is a drama teacher, like, and he was in a school last week. I said the kids were hanging out of each other, like, you know what I mean? There's no, you know, they're still acting the bollocks. They're not, like, scared of each other, you know, but as, as they shouldn't be, I guess. Mm. I mean, you can't really, like, what are you going to do? Like, fucking put, like, Gardy in every fucking classroom? <laughs> Stop touching each other. No, no, Stop no. Stop touching each other. No, we were, um, 
We had um we we enjoyed our last evening in the pub uh yesterday because it was my brother's birthday. So uh, I went for some food with uh my brother and my dad and my dad came up with the idea that we should have everybody who's unemployed uh, should get jobs as COVID officers and they go in <laughs> and they enforce two meter distances and masks and everything. And, and that'll happen. You know, if you end up on, on the dole, you just get, you can be a COVID officer. I mean, you know, like I've always wanted to bully people, you know, <laughs> Like I got bullied You're in like school. The Stasi. I, I still got a, I still got a bit of bullying in my system to get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, keep your two meter distance. Hey, put your mask on. <laughs> Did you sanitize your hands? Are they calling the guards? You know. I'm such a big man. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Well, it's it's kind of weird. Like when when countries go to that level of vigilanteism. Like at a time mm. when we're supposed to really be sticking together and, mm. you know, mm. being part of a community <laughs> when like, you know, your neighbor's son is out fucking yelling at grannies for fucking not sanitizing their hands enough walking in and out of shops. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah, splinters yeah. the whole thing, you know? It's mad. It's mad how people are policing each other now. It's like, you're going to get somebody killed by your irresponsible behavior. You know, it's like, not wearing a mask, you could be a murderer. It's like, you know, this is the kind of avenue we've gone to because people are terrified, like, do you know what I mean? Everybody well, you, is like... Well, where do you see the middle line? Like, where do you see the middle ground in, in, in all of this? Um... It's tough, really, like, you know, but like, who's to make the decision? You look at Sweden and you look at Britain and say, oh, so many people died there. And this, you know, I don't know. I don't know the statistics. I don't know what, you know what I mean? But there's no need for people to be, I suppose some people really do see it as such a big threat that they feel the need to police other people and they're behaving irresponsibly, you know. People are, this is a disgrace. Oh, it's a disgrace, you know. Uh, you know, there's a few videos going around of, uh, you know, there's, there's flats in Dublin and then there's like a DJ and hundreds of people in the middle and everybody, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm <laughs> mad out of it, you know. So, you know, that kind of carry on, I suppose, is, uh, you know, not welcomed by the, the general population. Uh, but it's going to happen where people, you know what I mean? When young people have no club to go to or nothing to do they're going to want an outlet they don't give a shit it's going to be like yeah i don't covid whatever there's a session on up in the flat there there's a lad playing tunes <laughs> his speaker <laughs> set up hmm. mm. yeah i mean we do have one of the more hedonistic cultures i think in terms of like the only way that young people seem to be able to connect as a general rule is by cramming themselves into some kind of like packed space where there's like loud noise and loads yeah. of drugs and loads of alcohol. Absolutely. And yeah. like, I can't judge it at all because like that was me for so many yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> I wore that t-shirt. I wore it for a long time, you know? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, but it's the society we grew up in, you know, it's like, Ah, yeah, I'm, I'm 16, I'm 17, this is the thing to do, this is what the lads do, this is the crack. If you're not doing this, you're, you're, you're no crack, you're sitting at home with your man watching the Late Late Show, hey, you know what I mean? Breaking cans, hey, you know? And, and that's what you have to, 
to be a part of the gang, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, the session, yeah, I'm on a mad session. Oh, that fella's mad on the session. It's like we have this like ranking order. Oh, he's the maddest fella on the session. He drank like a bottle of whiskey. Oh, he's mental, you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like a race to the bottom, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, those ego games from the session. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, we used to have them with like, how many joints can you smoke? You know, like, like it's yeah, really yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. great to be able to just smoke loads of fucking weed and like yeah, not yeah. fall over or like turn yeah, green. Yeah. You know, I didn't fall asleep. I smoked seven joints to roach by. I didn't fucking pass it. Didn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look how intolerant I am to the substances I constantly yeah. take. <laughs> oh, it's mad. It's mad. And, and that then destroys the nature of, of, of the, the weed or whatever the substance is. You know what I mean? Mm. The Western culture where we grow up and, and it's like covetous where lads are fighting over scraps at the end of a 50 bag. Like, it's like, give me that, that's mine. I paid in a fiver on that, you prick. You know what I mean? You have all these 17 year olds throwing in a fiver to get money together to get a 50 bag. And uh, and they're all scraping. He can't roll the joint, give it to me. I can roll the fucking joint. And you're all like, like that stuff is mad. It's not, it's not as if you have an institution where people teach us like, this is hell. You know, it's not as if we have a Rastafarian preacher on, on the streets of, of any Irish jungle. No, no, the herb is holy, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Teaching young fellas to pass the joint, like, or whatever. It's like, I'm getting the most. <laughs> I remember I was in uh, Cambodia about 10 years ago. And like, I was, a, I was a big stoner before I went there. And then I was in Indonesia where you couldn't get weed, like, you know, <laughs> half a year you'd be thrown you'd be thrown in a jail cell exactly but then when i got to cambodia i was like fuck yeah like you know like you can buy weed like you buy weed there in pizza shops so you walk in you're like can i have a happy pizza and they either they'll be like do you want it on a pizza or in a bag because they'll either put 20 grams on a pizza or or they like just hand you a bag i assume it's like cambodian bushweed like yeah it's not like yeah, but it's actually, it's pretty nice. Like, I don't know, whatever I was smoking over there was good, you know, but I couldn't believe the culture when I got there because, you know, it was a lot of British guys and like, you know, French people yeah. and, you know, people from yeah, around the yeah. world and everyone's sitting there smoking, but no one's passing any joints. And I was like, mm. what the fuck is going on? You know, and on the second mm. day, I kind of said it to one of them. They were like, yeah, man, it's fucking Cambodia. Like, roll you around. Like, it's fucking cheap, you know? And yeah, in some ways, yeah. I kind of like that attitude because like, so much of this thing of like passing a joint and having it as a social thing. Like I remember when I was smoking weed, my tolerance was so high compared to other like people around me that when I was in this vibe of just like, Oh, let's roll and smoke. Like my friends would be cabbaged after a joint and I'd be like, still <laughs> rolling. And, like the social aspect was dead because they couldn't have a conversation with me anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, there is, there is a certain balance of where is the social aspect until you're sitting in a room full of people in silence. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go home now. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> or, or like you can't even make a decision or unanimous decision in terms of what to watch, you know? <laughs> it's like yeah. if we watch something, yeah. we'll be occupied. What the fuck yeah, do we yeah. watch? Oh, man. <laughs> no, no, we, we had a lot of Xbox, you know? It would have been like, you know four four player playing halo and things like that you know so that that would have sustained us for a long while halo and gears of war so there wasn't really much there wasn't there wasn't decisions to be made Mm. (laughs) what do you think like 
how's session culture like you said there's like it seems to be happening in like these big groups of flats or whatever like has session culture just gone underground with this shit like is it yeah, still happening absolutely absolutely it has to it has to the session you can't kill the session boy you can't kill the session will go on you know the session will the kill session. you <laughs> yeah look you know, yeah it won't, it won't be the covid that'll get you you know but like there are people who have sessioned their way through the 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 whole pandemic who've just spent the whole thing like you know i suppose drinking really because the the other illicit substances uh have been all seized there there is apparently a a marijuana dry in ireland people can't get weed mm. uh people can't get those kind of illegal drugs anymore because of whatever lockdown more police presence so i guess Everybody is drinking, you know what I mean? Everybody's filling up on the drink. Returning to our roots as it should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, our roots. <laughs> Give us the Guinness. Give us a pint of Guinness. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was talking to Katie. She was actually meant to come over here this weekend. We were, we were going to pick her mm. up tomorrow, but shit's gotten too glitchy, and the whole Ireland going into lockdown looks like we're, we're having to cancel it, which is kind of sad, but... She was saying that... Um, I suppose... Uh... Sorry, I was just going to say, she was saying that like something like 50 people went to a house party in Galway last week and all of them got COVID. It was in the news. Fuck's sake. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Yeah, well, they say this, like Waterford was grand for COVID and now some Brazilian fella brought it into a meat factory, came back from Brazil, had symptoms, didn't bother telling anybody because he didn't want to lose his job. Mm. And now... COVID all over the place, you know? <laughs> I remember COVID reading everywhere. A, I remember reading this article by this um like it was an American one. This was just before I came here. And there was basically like there were people having like COVID parties because they were proving they were like Trump supporters who wanted to prove that COVID didn't exist. So like when one of their friends got like got diagnosed with Tested. having COVID, yeah. yeah like they went they all went over to his house and had a big party so like one of these parties happened and like everyone contracted it and a bunch of them died like you know guys in their, in their early 30s Stop. you know and no apparently the, the last words of one of these guys was shit the virus is real oh jesus christ like, i don't know that if this is... is just like really good democratic yeah. propaganda yeah. or if it's legit yeah is it like, yeah America, you don't crazy. know. They're, yeah, America is dirty tactics on both sides. <laughs> like, you can't trust nothing. And, and look at, look, on look, America is nothing but our entertainment. It's entertainment for the rest of the world. And I see people getting infuriated by it. But I was like, what is the point? America has been in the depths of, of bullshit for a very long time. And regardless of whether Trump wins that election or Biden wins that election, America is still in the shit, you know? Mm. so they're kind of like it's kind of like having like this weird older brother that you kind of love and think is cool but like he constantly fucks everything up all the time and yet like somehow for a long time he got away with it and you're still like oh no he's really cool he's really cool and now you're starting to see that he's like a fucking crackhead alcoholic who like beats his wife and shit you know and like, like the, the the veneer of like admiration that you had to him is slowly peeling away. Like I find that like I can't like for years I would have fucking distracted myself from life by watching like American TV shows. Now I find them really difficult to watch. It's like oh yeah, 
the the the, the, the uh, the TV of the shows have changed. So cringy, you know? the, 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 the shows have changed, Rory. They, they, the modern television programs are painful to watch. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it depends on who's making them as well. You know, but TV is not the same. TV, it's 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 far too politically based now like every show has this agenda that they are programming into the psyche of the population whereas before i suppose you would have had i, I the first thing that comes to mind is like you know you would have had brilliant shows made by lads like david lynch like twin peaks you know what i mean mm -hmm. you don't have good tv like that anymore <sighs> um you know the two south park lads have gone out of their way to get cancelled uh, by uh, being as unpolitically correct as they possibly can, um, you know this is this is where it's gone with TV. Every, everything is about like, oh, we're going to include everybody, and you make an episode around being inclusive, and so I was like, oh god, like how can you? No, it's not like uh, that's not entertaining. I can't. I don't. I, I haven't watched telly in a long time, though. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I love a good conspiracy video now, or and they'll. An old, an old Joe Rogan podcast, Once in the Blue Moon, and 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 stuff like that. Or uh, did you ever, did you ever see a thing on a uh, guy? Did you ever watch Gaia TV? Yeah, do you know uh, that? Yeah, yeah. They, adver they advertise it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They advertise us the spiritual Netflix, but like <laughs> you know, a friend of mine had it as well, and I watched this thing, Cosmic Disclosure, mm -hmm. and. That's 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 where I go for entertainment, you know. So this fella who is working with the deep state and he's been on the dark side of the moon talking to the intergalactic federation of aliens and he's seen it all, you know what I mean? It's like, yep, that's what I want to be listening to. That's what entertains me. He's had blue feathered aliens come into his house. He's protected by interdimensional species so the CIA can't fuck with him. And yeah, that's that's what I call entertainment. What you have on that television thing, ah, forget about it. Forget about <laughs> it. I, I like one of the things that really does piss me off is like this reinforcement <laughs> of okay, like there's loads of things that are in like the standard narrative template that that kind of that I feel like I stand a little bit outside of naturally being who I am, but like the mm very quintessential nuclear family values that get pumped into all of these things that kind of like they draw us in because it's based on this idea of this is what love looks like you know two people fall in love and then start a family and then there's this whole disintegration of the relationship in terms of a romantic one that becomes this thing of like conditional loyalty and mm -hmm. and codependency and at the same time, like the fact that it's so romanticized in American TV shows just really fucking upsets me sometimes because what I doing the work that I do and seeing what I see and hearing what I hear in the world, like there's not a lot of happiness in the kind of family structure anymore. And I think the like what we're going through at the moment is really, really showing that to us and in a big way. You've got, a, looking in you've, got a, you've got a ghost, yeah. Uh, I'm, we're recording. <laughs> Coming in for questions. <laughs> Not at the moment, in a minute. <laughs> you got me at a bad time here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it is, it is. Um, 
the but the television programming you know what i mean it's like well what are the stories that these things are programming into the psyches of the population i was talking uh, with one of the girls that uh, that i live with and we were talking about sex in the city has to be one of the most poisonous things for the psyche of the modern woman <laughs> like oh my god they they are posing this as normality like you know what i mean this is what we should strive to to be this you know what i mean because our mind is always comparing with these things that we see. And we're looking at, I don't have that. I'm not like that. Oh, well, she lives such a grand life in New York City. <laughs> and it's like, back up here, people. This is not what you want to strive for. These people, forget about it. You know what I mean? They are not living fulfilling lives and they're projecting that into people. You know, Paris Hilton and all these kind of Kim Kardashian and people look at that and go, oh, wow, I wish it could be like them. They have so much nice things and they have a fake arse and all this kind of stuff. And then people are striving for this. It's like, hold up now, people. Turn that thing off because all it's doing is programming a whole load of bullshit into your mind. You know, that's my two cents on the whole thing anyway. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, do you know what I love? You, when you get really passionate, your internet connection can't support the amount of movement that you do. So it just freezes you. Like, like when I'm talking, you're completely normal. And when like, you know, you're just kind of laughing. And as soon as you go into your like little explosion, it's like blur. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. 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 I, I was, I was walking around the living room looking for the best spot of 4G, you know, but, oh, uh, nice. you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then, at the back of the house, it's further away. So, you know, you have the balance between better 4G, but further from the laptop. So it's like, how do you, you know, it's a steady enough connection though, is it? Like you're able to hear me, Grand, yeah? Oh no, the, the, the connection's perfect. I, I, I think mm. it's just because Zoom is like, oh my God, this guy is so animated. Like you, you're too fast for pixelation, you know? Yeah, I'll, like, I'll, I'll make slower movements. Like on, on your, you just did a, an interview for RTE talking about yoga. Like, are you just a blur? They got the HD cameras down there though, Rory. The HD, 4G, 5G cameras, all of it transported through the, to, to, through the mainframe. Um, yeah, it's mad like, you know, I, I suppose as somebody who, who doesn't watch a whole lot of telly, being on the telly is a pretty surreal experience. Um, mad. <laughs> it's control folly though, you know? It's like pure novelty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's kind of beautiful because, because I don't know, like, I, I mean, we can, we, can, we can talk about all of these things in terms of like what works for us. And, you know, yeah, like, all of us go for a little bit of mass programming in our own ways when it comes to mm. certain things at certain times. And that's fine, you know, oh, yeah. it with awareness Absolutely. Fine too. but like also yeah. the fact that all of this shit exists, like the cultural <laughs> zeitgeist of like entertainment <laughs> television exists is fascinating to me because mm. I've got no clue who's watching it. And like, I want to know, it's like, like who finds this stuff entertaining? I mean, I don't mm. like, yeah, yeah. I find oh yeah there's some things now yeah yeah it depends on the podcast though exactly it depends on the content and it depends on you know what i mean i i i find it very hard to be uh there's some things there's certain things that will they will hook me in and i'll be like yeah i'll, I'll sit down and i'll watch it most things i'll watch for kind of half an hour and then turn off and like you know i'll put my i'll be the first to put my hands up and to say i'm an 
I absolutely get hooked in by Alex Jones every time because he's just pure entertainment. You know what I mean? I get no better crack than Alex Jones going mad, talking about this, talking about that. You know, that stuff, it just brings a certain joy. You know, I just get to laugh my head off of this fella freaking out. Like he's very authentic and he's very real. Everything else is very robotic. I am acting. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. There's, there's, there's not enough realness or authenticity um, in the entertainment world. You know, it becomes more and more superficial and just like people putting on an act. And it's like, it's like modern rock and roll music, you know, 70s, lads are there with their torn up jeans and their elder head on drugs and they're like, yeah, rock and roll. Now they're like, you know, Oh, my hair is put to the side and it's in brill cream. My 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 PR guy told me how to dress. And it's like, you know what I mean? And that's the whole that's the whole entertainment industry. You know what I mean? It's that pasteurization of our arts, I suppose. You mean that beautiful Afro of yours isn't brill cream to look like that, Freddie? Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> oh, natural. Oh, natural. Many people ask, is it a perm? No, it is not. I believe a perm requires daily attention. You know, that would require to go to the hairdresser every day, I think. <laughs> so yeah. what's been going on with the music since the you know, lockdown? I saw I saw you had a was it a, was it a video or was it just a beautiful picture you took of all of you playing tennis <laughs> in an abstract way? Um both. Um any excuse to get out for a few sets of tennis, Rory. We're avid tennis players at the Backroll Smokers Club. Um, basically, there is a single coming out on the 16th of September. And we made a music video for it back in February. Mm -hmm. The whole plan was this was a new song, you know, because some of the songs that we have on the album coming up are kind of old songs from four and five years ago just kind of re-recorded for an album version. But um, the way it went, we were supposed to have this song. So we were like, okay, we're going to make a music video in February and this song is going to be released in March. Mm -hmm. There was very small bits of this song left to be finished. Shot the music video with the song 90% complete. And before we could get back to our recording studio, which is an hour away up in Kilkenny, uh, the whole COVID lockdown happened. So, so this song has been in the running for a long time. And, and then when the restrictions went off, we got up and we finished it. So that's coming out on the 16th of October. The album itself was supposed to be out in May, mm -hmm. but obviously we still haven't finished the album. Um, our sound engineer lives in Dublin. Uh, so he's on lockdown up there, can't leave Dublin. We can't go to Kilkenny now. You know what I mean? There's all these measures back. So the album, which was supposed to be finished in May, and it would have been like not finished, released in May, followed by a glorious tour, selling our album everywhere we went. Um, that was just kind of uh, swept to the side. So we've just been kind of getting on with it. Um, we kind of eked out a few releases and... and uh, done one of those zoom videos you know where you have like 12 members in every corner and everybody's playing together and it's like you're playing on a zoom chat you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. did one of those um but hopefully 
we plan to have it out by the end of the year. It'd be ideal to have it out for Christmas, but that's not looking great now with all these regulations and stuff. So it could be 2021, but you know, as we say, the album will be out when it's meant to be out. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep pushing it forward, but you know, there's no gigs, there's no nothing like that. So, um, yeah. Here's what I, well, here's what I admire about you, man. Like you have like the ability to keep momentum going behind things without necessarily giving too much of a fuck about <laughs> like first of all how they'll be received, but second of all yeah. about like like okay, fuck it, like it'll be next year, it'll be the year after, whatever. But yeah. Also the fact that like you're able to stick in a band for that long, for that many years. You know, you're able to to commit coming up to, to six six years this next January, I think. Whoa, well, same lineup the whole time, all the way through. No, no, no. New. We have a different drummer. We've had three drummers, and we're on our second bass player. Hmm. It's always those pesky drummers that are a problem, like fucking getting drunk <laughs> and drowned in swimming pools, and you know, in the early twenties, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're rock and rollers. They like gowling. You know what I mean. <laughs> They like messing the drummers. They're 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 up for mischief. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, yeah, but like it is. I, I see so many of these people getting really angry at the government and angry. Support the arts. Get the arts. And it's like, what what can we do? It's like you want the whole place closed down and you want everybody to be safe from COVID, and you want the arts. It's like. You can't have it all in this situation and, and it is what it is. We can't like force the government. I demand the money. You know what I mean? The government can't pay us because we're artists or, you know, it doesn't really, there's not, I don't, I don't understand what people want from the government. You know, like a lot of musicians have had to get other jobs and stuff like that. And that's just kind of the way it is. But it's the same as any business. Like, say, if you were, you were a coal miner in England back in Maggie Thatcher's day and they shut down the coal mines, what, you're going you're gonna to give out because, ah, oh, there's no coal mining anymore. Oh, no, for the moment, coal mining music is gone. So you'll have to go somewhere else. And when music comes back, you can continue. But, like, you're going to have to get another job, really, like, if you want to make a few bob. You can't just kind of stay there and go, hey, support the arts. I'm furious. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, <laughs> What do you want to do? You want to play in an empty pub and have the pub pay you, or you fucking like I I don't know I don't understand. And I do I do understand like the importance of keeping the arts alive, of course. Um, but I don't understand what these people want. Me, whole Martin, and all these lads do, or or what they expect them to do. You know, mm. um, we live in a grand old country, considering you know. We live in a pretty sweet country here in Ireland. All, all the things we can get, you know, people are getting paid 350 euro a week to sit at home. It's not too bad. You know what I mean? There's, there's far worse good. places. There's far worse places you could be uh, on earth uh, and people will still give out about it. You know? Mm. Like we always find something to complain about, dude. Like mm. here, like I kind of, like for me, Ireland was so comfortable and not having to work for a few months during lockdown for the first time in like 10 years mm. was amazing. And yep. 
I really enjoyed it. And at the same time, like the, the like I just kind of had to get out of it for a while. <clears throat> and it's funny because I came here to to a country that if you look at the political policies that have been introduced kind of sneakily at the back of uh, of COVID. Do you like, mean now in Ireland or in Slovenia? In Slovenia. Okay. Like they're shocking. It's like going towards dictatorship you know like the people in this part of the world they love an old dictatorship historically mm, they, they're fond of it yeah 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 <laughs> well they're, they're prone to it and like i think one of the reasons why they're prone to it is because like there is a psychology here where they just stop giving a fuck about who's in charge like mm. it's one of the things i admire about them because like their relationship with like in ireland it's such a it's like you're a weirdo to have a relationship with nature it's like people look at you twice if they see you collecting fucking hazelnuts in a forest, you know? And like, a fucking queer fella, what's he up to? Exactly. And like, here, there's like fucking, they've got 70% of their natural ecosystem completely intact. And like, the other, like, another I'm 20% jealous. is jealous. like, you know, like planted ecosystem and farms and shit, you mm. know? And then like, everybody, like, you, you go down the street here, man, and like, everyone's harvesting. They're just out, like, mm. by the side of the road, like, collecting herbs, collecting chestnuts yeah. from the forest, mm. picking olives, yeah, picking grapes. Like, everyone, like, at every level, like, mm. kids right up to the old people. It's so embedded in the culture. It's still a part of the culture, yeah. I was just about to say, it's still a part of the culture to actually interface with nature. Whereas we're like, I buy my products in a plastic box. This is where I get my herbs, you know. <laughs> it's like, weirdos go out into nature. And, like, you know, I, I found like, and maybe, maybe it's just my imagination. Maybe it's a, what I want to see, but I found like when I go walking in forests and stuff and, and, and it's generally Eastern European people out there, Eastern European families, they still have that family value, you know, that family structure. They're the ones who know like wild mushroom picking. They'll know every mushroom. They'll know every herb. Yep. They'll have all these kind of remedies Whereas yeah. with it, actually, I don't know nothing about that. Actually, I bought it down the shop, you know. Yeah. Whereas Irish people were very connected into the land, what, 30, 40 years ago. It just kind of, Celtic tiger came in and like replaced the need to know any of that. It's like, ah, that's all bullshit. Now we can buy everything we need. <laughs> you know what else I think? Uh, like, okay, this is going to sound weirdly conspiratorial, but like, I, I really yeah, feel I like love that. a good conspiracy, Rory. I love a good conspiracy. I mean, I think it started with the famine. I think that was like this, like first real, like you can't trust the products on this land. And like, mm. what I find like mm, interesting, like, like I lived in Wicklow for the last uh, two years before moving here, and I moved there because I wanted to be closer to nature. I moved there because I love foraging. I moved there because I wanted to like reconnect with certain aspects of myself that I felt I was being like deprived of by living in a city. Because in the city, yeah. it's like yeah, you can still go to parks and you can collect nettles and you can collect dandelions yeah. and you know you can collect fruit but like there's automatically this thing of no you can't do that because dogs piss there and dogs consume yeah. food that's mass produced in factories you go to wicklow man, <laughs> like there's fucking like i get this feeling of like picking up chestnuts in a forest in wicklow of like there's round wood on all this shit uh fucking roundup <laughs> no. yeah yeah. There's Roundup round on everything yeah. in Roundwood. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. But that's true. I'm so conscious of that now. Every farmer is using it. Like, it's like, ugh. Yeah, man, People like, I no... was... 
And like I, I was finding animals, like because like it's one of the things that I do for shamanic reasons. But like I, I like bury animals. But I was finding animals that were killed with like no impact signs, young, healthy animals just like dead yeah, at the sides of fucking farmers' fields. You know, mm. like increasingly yeah. so. And yeah. again, like the whole thing, like last summer, this summer was a bit different because of COVID. But last summer, what I really noticed for the first time ever was like, I'd walk out of my cottage and there was a carpet of dead bumblebees, like young bumblebees that would have just mm. kind of started to fly and then like but, all just mm. dead on the ground, you know. But they figured that out, like, didn't they? There, there was certain there was certain countries in Europe where they banned I think it was glyphosate and other such pesticides and they stopped using these pesticides and then the bee population came back. It's not a mystery. It's like pesticides will kill bees. <laughs> they will then be eaten by animals or well, not bees, but like, you know, whatever insects will be eaten by animals and then it will kill them mm. because glyphosate is poisonous. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, bah! but like I have a friend and his, his dad is a farmer, you know, and one of the lads was chatting to him. I was like, why do you use glyphosate? And he was just like, well, if you can find something to do the job better, be my guest. So the farmers are just buying what they're told down in the creamery, buy this, it'll get rid of all the weeds, they won't come back. They're not taken into consideration. They're like, Because, you know, farming is mostly subsidized in Ireland or mm-hmm. largely subsidized. I don't know, I'm not a farmer, but I know that it's, it's subsidized by the EU. So these farmers are working on tight margins. So all they care about is increasing the profit margins. They, oh, Jesus, the bird down the road might die if it drinks from the water. Well, I don't care because I don't want to be in debt. I have farm machinery to pay for. I have my mm-hmm. farm to run. I can't be concerned with the birds and the bees. I need money. You know? So you have the, the, ever, uh, the ever so infinite loop of you know, one, one cause in the next. And it's like, well, how do you escape? I suppose it takes a farmer, conscious farmer to be like, I'm going to take the hit and care for the environment. It's like, how many people are going to do it? You know? I think it takes a couple of them, you know, Mm. unfortunately, it's not just at a point of like one anymore, you know? No, no. I read this really interesting book a couple of years ago called Feral. It's by that uh, Guardian correspondent, George Mombiot, or whatever the hell, however you say his name. It's really good because it, it talks about like rewilding in the most practical fucking way you can imagine without any kind of like mm. woo fluff attached to it. It's just like hardcore. These are the facts. This is how we live well. It's not even trying to push a climate agenda. You know, it's just like, look, we're yeah. fucking up the land and here's how. And he cites the number <laughs> yeah. one cause of ecological destruction in Britain and in Ireland are sheep. Oh, sheep really? Are just fucking. They they they're like, they're the fucking equivalent of coronavirus to the fucking you know to the, the, to the land. Like they destroy. <laughs> it. Like in, in the wild, you would never. It's it, okay. I'm going to get the statistics wrong because I don't have a head for holding numbers like this. But it's something like you would never have more than like 15 sheep in a square kilometer in the wild and like that's just about sustainable if there's other shit there you know if there's like forests and stuff 
Yeah. Whereas, like, when you bunch them all into a field together, they fucking eat everything. They, mm. their shit basically prevents most other stuff from growing. You know, they, they emit loads of fucking carbon. And they, we only use them for their offspring. So you need loads of sheep in order to be able to make money off having sheep. What? Because people only use it to eat lamb, do they? Exactly. They don't eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's no, mm. you know, like the only profit margin that you have from having a sheep is hoping that they'll give birth to the wolf in their life, you know? What about the wolf? Unfortunately, there's no fucking buyers, no man. No money in it. Yeah, yeah, It's like, yeah. like it was cool because like my uncle has a farm, like, and he'd, he'd go through the exact same type of thing that you described your friend's father would. But like, the, you know, it was good for me and my mom like a couple of years ago because we insulated our whole house with all his sheep's wool because they just throw it out. No one fucking wants it, you know? Mad. Like, like that's... I, I thought there'd be lads making woolly jumpers out of it, you know what I mean? But here's again, me, I know nothing. I know nothing about it. Think of the amount of sheep we have. Think of the amount of fucking wool that like... Yeah, there's, there's wool everywhere. Use. Like if that, was, that would be like an iron jumper for fucking everyone in the world three times over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I wasn't expecting to, to to go this direction with the conversation and kind of get fired <laughs> up about it. But like, I do. Like, I here do. we are. It's very Irish, Rory. It's very Irish. We're here talking about farming. Yeah, man. Land. Had a good Irish conversation in like two months, you know. So I appreciate it. But but really, like. I say it because I fucking, I get so frustrated because I see the potential of what Ireland can be. I come to somewhere yeah, like Slovenia yeah, yeah. and I'm like, Ireland can be like this. Mm. There's no mm. good reason in terms of, you know, all of the kind of positives are so easy to see. And all of the things that are, are, are difficult about it, you actually don't miss when you have the other things subsidizing them. Like the idea of mm. like, plenty of food so much food that you leave most of it for the animals like here they have so many deer yeah like yeah like, yeah there's there's almost too many that culling is sometimes necessary but they also have the apex predators and they all live yeah. in balance with the ecosystems in yeah. fact it's the yeah. only country yeah. where in europe where these things are going up in population you know well i have a friend who says this rory we need to reintroduce the irish wolf because without a wolf we're nothing but a nation of sheep. Ah, I love it. <laughs> it's true, but I mean, then, you know, like, it, it also comes with the price of, like, yes, they will fucking eat your animals. Yeah, yeah. You know? And Dingo ate my baby. <laughs> so you have that as well. You do have that. But at the same time, yeah. man, that's, that's exciting. That, like... We, <laughs> like a Dingo could eat your baby. Well, in Wicklow, right, like, there, there was this, there's this really famous thing of, like, you know, the Wicklow wolf, the wolf of Wicklow, like this, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have it about Bigfoot in North America, like, we have it about certain creatures in certain parts Sasquatch. of the world. Yeah, where there, there, there aren't really, like, huge existential threats from the danger left anymore, so we create them because yeah. we need them, it's like, mm, you find the fucking yes, mutilated yes. sheep and straight away it's like, there must be a panther, <laughs> you know, and, like, we miss it, yeah. we miss that sense yeah. of danger, you know, like, mm. here I walk my girlfriend's dog in, in the forest when I go to her place, like, where she lives, she's, she's a 20-minute drive outside the capital city, and all around her is wilderness forest. 
Like you can just go in there with the dog and get lost. The first time I did, yeah, I was lost yeah. for three hours and it's proper forest, you know, it's like, yeah. Do you ha- did you bring a compass with you to find your way back or, or how no, did you I just, I'm going to sound like a fucking sap here and I don't mean to, but like I have a really <laughs> good sense of direction. So like I always yeah. knew where I was going. I just didn't expect it to take this me way. so fucking long you know? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 because yeah. it's all just like valleys and mountains, but completely blanketed in forest. Mm. and when you're in that feeling it's like there's animals everywhere you can hear them and there might be a bear and like like all of these things go through your head of like what do i do if i see a bear you know like and that that's that actually makes you feel so alive like you're living every moment in this place you know i'll tell you a good one rory tell me we we had a friend we had a friend who said right uh, and if any of my friends watch this, they'll get a good laugh off it. Because we had a friend who said, if you meet a bear in the wilderness, all you have to say to him is namaste, and the bear will understand the vibration that you mean no harm. <laughs> namaste, say that to the fucking bear. Namaste, and the bear will just be like, it's all good, he's not a threat. I'll be on my way. I'll be on my way, sir. Uh, I give it a try, but I've never encountered a bear, you know? Chant a few mantras at the bear. Mm. I heard you're pretty much supposed to do what you do when you come across. Like, I had one interaction with, like, a huge fuck-off monkey in the middle of the jungle in Indonesia one time when I was on my own. This, like, Ah. massive monkey just, like, crossed the path in front of me. And we just, like, looked at each other. And I wanted to run because you're looking at this thing that can just like crush yeah. your face. He can jump hand, on me and, you know? and tear me up. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, I just said to him, carry on, sir. And he just kept walking. Did you make yourself big? Did you make yourself big or not? But I didn't. I also like, like this was, this was before I had any fucking gumption about anything, but like, it was more like an instinctual kind of thing. I was just like, yeah, Carry on, <laughs> like, like, good sir. I bid you good like day. A, and then I was reading this thing, like an article about like how to deal with bears in the wilderness here, and they're just like, yeah, like, what would you do if you saw a person that you didn't know in the middle of the wilderness? Like, there's a part of you that's going to assess them as a potential threat, and there's a part of you who's mm-hmm. going to assess them as a potential friend. The neutral ground is to just be like, hello, hello and let them be on their way, and they let you be yeah. on their way. And that's pretty yeah. much the interaction between any animal that, that you encounter mm. in the wild, you know? Like, although I did nearly step on a snake last week, and they're Ooh. the only thing that really fucking terrify me because we don't yeah, have them yeah. in Ireland, and I don't understand Are they poisonous they snakes in Slovenia? Are they... There are two uh, species, but there's loads of snakes because there's there's loads of everything. So like, I don't know what this was. I don't think it was poisonous. It was mm. pink. Yeah. But like, I was. It was this. Like, I was so alarmed that I yelped like a little fucking chicken, and I jumped up in the air, and I like grabbed Marco, and like, and, and like this like part of me just wanted to like walk behind them for the next couple of steps, and that goes completely against my whole like natural bravado kind of attitude that i'd have towards nature because i've grown up in a country where you just tramp into the forest and there's nothing like you might get bit yeah, by an yeah. ant like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey hey the stories that if you if you put your foot down a badger's hole a badger will grab you 
and a badger won't let go until it breaks your leg. Well, if someone put their foot in my hole, I'd do the same, Brady. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sticking your foot up a badger's hole. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, thank you for uh, holding space for my for my rant. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, we'll get on it though, Rory. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I I know a lot of people who are interested in in reclaiming the land in Ireland. You know, like so many people that I have met over the last three, four, five years, who have the same idea of getting land and planting native Irish trees. You know, because we were a rainforest. As many people know, we were 80% woodland. Mm -hmm. We were much like the rainforest in Brazil, for sure. What would you do? Where would the farmers go if we're going to have trees everywhere? We need to milk the cows, the cattle, you know what I mean? The dairy, the Irish dairy. So that's very important for us Irish people as well. So we can't cover 80%. Imagine what that would do for tourism. Imagine having 80% woodland. People would be like, oh my God, there's just trees everywhere. You'd have cities built among the forests. It'd be amazing. But it yeah, really a few native Irish. <laughs> yeah. There'd be no farming though. <laughs> you take one for the other, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest issue with with any of this stuff, like with dealing with the climate and you know really sorting out our relationship with the earth, the biggest issue that we have with it is that we have been so geared towards thinking in individual terms that if something isn't going to be likely in our lifetime, we just have this very weird way of compartmentalizing it as not being significant or not being worth yeah. your while. What's in it for me? Exactly. And I think that that's where the need for like, you know, having future elders, having future conscious people comes into the picture. Mm. Like having people who are aware of, okay, we can get aware of environmental issues by fear mongering, or we can just get aware of them by like, Having a relationship a with nature ourselves and learning it for ourselves from that relationship. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you see like what you can have, even if it's not going to be something that everyone in your fucking lifetime in your country is going to be able to have, it's about thinking in terms of the next 500 years. It's about thinking in terms mm. of the next thousand years. And I know that fucking mm. pisses people off, but like, yeah, kind of true. Like, like, yeah, it's your children. You're giving exactly. this birth to the children. Don't give them a shitty earth. Give them a good one. Give them one they can work with rather than them continuing the cycle of, oh, well, the planet's fucked. We may as well keep doing what they were doing. You know, you show them, hey, hey, there's a way out of this. There's a way, you know. Um, I was getting a good laugh off of the people. Uh, you know, there was, there was a, a video going around of this woman who had super glued her hand to, to the underground in London to stop it moving as a climate protest. And I just thought, lads, would you not be better off out planting trees than disrupting people's journey to work? <laughs> you know what I mean? Would you not go out with a few shovels and plant a few trees rather than lying in the road and stopping some fella getting to work? And then they asked her one, how did you get here? If not, if not on the underground, she's like, okay, well, I, I took the underground to get to the underground <laughs> and now I've glued my hand to the underground. It's like, duh, duh. Go out and plant a few trees for yourself. Grow up. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I mean, that's that's that pretty much sums up very well my whole attitude towards you know bog standard activism. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's just it's it's like it's had its time, you know. Like a few years ago, I used to think that what was that group, the fucking the ETA, the guys who went around blowing up the fucking factories in in North America, <laughs> like. These environmental protesters, like yeah, you know, yeah, there's lads blowing up Monsanto and everything, blowing up all <laughs> kinds of places, blowing up whoever. Yeah, Pete is a pita. Pe- no, that's animals. no, that's, that's the animals. animals. But I mean, yeah. they're, they're so it's like envir- environment, too, environment you know? pita, yeah, environment yeah. pita. Yeah, and, and they somehow validate their extremism, like you know, I'm doing this for the animals. I care about the animals. Okay. Yeah, like, I mean, you're, like, you're, you're, they'd, they'd probably absolutely, like, there's there's probably a few borderline cases of members who would happily kill humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 meat, yeah absolutely. Know? That's it, yeah. You've eaten a cow, I'm going to slit your fucking throat. It's like, oh, wait, oh, hold up now. We're, we're here saving, conserving. <laughs> we care, yeah? We they care. They don't realize that they've been fucking eaten by the same fucking Igorgory. Mmm. Mmm. It is mad. It's a mad little trick that's gone on inside people's minds. A mad little trick. It really is. I mean, I guess that's why interfacing with with duality needs to come with the types of rule books that we just don't get given in not rule books, mm. but fucking guidebooks, I should say. A guidebook, a guidebook, yeah. But like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's I mean we haven't really talked about it much but like I mean that's that's the the fucking sphere that you operate in right I mean like you're a yoga teacher and um, mm-hmm. you went from being a big hardcore sessioner to a yoga teacher you're also yeah. in a fucking <laughs> punk rock and roll band and you go around fucking burying organites all over Ireland all the time yeah 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 I haven't got all over Ireland yet but but Waterford is fairly well gridded, well but not not finished yet. Cause making the organite actually costs a bit of money, so the, the materials are costly. So when I have a few bob, I buy it and do it and stuff like that. Big into the river healing, land healing. So, um. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody tell you, you know, about Ireland. Like, so a lot of people are familiar with Ishnock as Ireland's heart center. Mm-hmm. So Ishnock is the heart center. Uh, people are always grounded. They feel good. They feel welcome in West Cork, the mm-hmm. feet of Ireland, mm-hmm. the hands, Galway, all the arts, the creation, the arts, the, the culture, Galway. The troubles are in the head. In mm-hmm. Belfast, the mm-hmm. north of Ireland, there's all the troubles. You know, Dublin is the backbone. Mm-hmm. So, where I, where I reside, <laughs> where I reside, is is, is uh, there is there is a, a village called Cheek Point, and <laughs> Cheek <laughs> Cheek Point is where the Nor, the Shore, and the Barrow all meet. Mm-hmm. And this is essentially the colon of Ireland. So the shore runs down through Tipperary um, and I believe it's the Barrow. It's either the Barrow or the North. The Barrow runs all the way from Dublin down through Carlo Kilkenny and they all meet coming out at Cheek Point 
at what we call the arse of Ireland, you know, opening <laughs> out into, into the, the sea there. So, so my whole thing with the organite is, as with the human body, in order to cleanse the energy of the entire land, where do we start with the body? We start cleansing the colon. If we mm-hmm. have any disease, the colon is cleansed first. So the idea is to fill the three sisters, the nor, the shore, and the barrow with organite. And have people chant mantras at the riverside like they do, you know, to treat the river as a holy place, you know, to treat that, the, the, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure you are probably familiar with the work of Dr. Emoto, but perhaps some of our viewers or listeners are not. So basically Dr. Emoto concluded throughout his studies that water held memory and, and the molecular structure of the water will change as we interface or interact with it. So this is why people in India, they go to the Ganges and they pray. They pray to the water and then the water is taken out to the sea. They, they pray, they chant mantras, they put their intention and their prayers. They put their dead bodies in there. Whereas we have done nothing but pour our waste, sewage and, and, and whatever else, shopping trolleys into our rivers. So I'm thinking a bit of organite and a few mantras to... Uh, to, to, to give Ireland a little bit of a colonic irrigation. You know, that's, that, that's my mission with the organized for the next, for the foreseeable. Man, I love it. Um, just so that we are clear for anyone listening, can you explain a little bit about what organite is? Ah, yes. Ah, yeah. So what is this? What are they on about? Yeah. So organized is... Rectum of Ireland? Yeah, yeah. What are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we? How are we going to cleanse the colon of Ireland, you know, with this organite? So basically, this guy, Wilhelm Reich, he was a studier, a studier. He was a student of Freud, I believe, but kind of went off in a, in a weird way. He was a student of Freud, but went off into uh, alchemy <laughs> somehow started with Freud went off into alchemy um, but he was studying the orgasm and he was studying the life force energy so in 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 yoga we would call the life force energy prana um, in in Chinese medicine they call it chi so Wilhelm Reich began to manipulate this and move it with his orgone generators and he began to call this energy he just called it as his scientific term he called it orgone so he started creating these things called an orgone accumulator which are part uh, organic and part non-organic so he used sheep's wool and copper copper sheets and he would put people in this box he called the orgone accumulator and he claimed that he could cure cancer. He could cure, he could cure any disease, um, stating that all diseases were basically just um, what he had called an accumulation of deadly orgone energy. Now, you'd call that in Chinese medicine, you'd call it stagnation of qi or a stagnation of prana. So when the energy isn't moving, it becomes stagnant. And then disease comes. And that's why if we keep physically fit and healthy, we'll have healthier bodies because our body isn't stagnant because we are moving. We are breathing. Prana means breath. So when we breathe in the oxygen, 
we are breathing in new prana, or as Wilhelm Reich would say, new orgone energy. So this was all around the turn of, of this is like turn of, turn of the last century. So uh, a, a, a little bit later, it was like before World War II. So before Hitler, you know, Freud, Freud time, whenever that was, you know, early, early 20th century. So before World War II broke out, he hightailed it to America because he saw what was going on with these Nazis. And he was like, I don't like these lads. Don't like their, don't like their buzz. Don't like their vibe. I'm getting out of here. I'm moving to the free world. I'm moving to America, the land of opportunity. So he starts building these things called orgone generators. So Wilhelm Reich has all kinds of mental books about like communicating with aliens and all sorts of business. But basically what happened then, I keep saying to her, basically what happened, basically, basically, and I suppose is another word I use. I notice, you know, the more of these uh, podcast things you do, I'm not, a, I, I'm not, a, I haven't been on a million podcasts, you know, but uh, I did one uh, and the girl who I did it with was like, you keep saying, I suppose, uh, I suppose, uh, so, but um, side note. So we're back in the story now. So Wilhelm Reich, uh, moved to America and started building orgone generators. So rather than work and healing people, he began to heal the land because he saw that land like deserts, it was just a lack of orgone energy. The land there was dead. The, 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 the energy wasn't flowing there. And, you know, we've seen people do things like this. Um, you know, people can bring deserts back to life. They can plant trees there and then create an ecosystem. So it can be done. Deserts don't need to be deserts. And the only reason they are in places like Africa is because these people are chopping down wood to build their houses without the, the foresight to see, oh, well, the desert's just going to spread everywhere if, if we don't leave these forests here. So he was out in, I want to say the Nevada desert, but I don't actually know. He was out in a desert in America, right? And he had this giant thing he called the Orgone. Was it a cloudbuster? So Kate Bush has this song called Cloudbusting. So Kate Bush knew the crack about Organite as well. You know, people are like, I love Kate Bush. And then they find out she's into weird Jim Core kind of stuff. They'll be like, I don't like <laughs> Kate Bush anymore. They're into weird Organite. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, Kate Bush was into it. So, you know what I mean? I'm defend. I'm using her as my shield. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like my barrier for <laughs> organizing. Yeah, Kate Bush was into it. You like Kate Bush, don't you? This is um, just so you don't lose any credit with the music fans, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of music people are very judgmental of all that weird, weird stuff. You know what I mean? Ah, fucking weirdos, bye, fucking, you know. But uh, whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> This is this 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 is this is my life's work here. You know what I mean? This is my life's work. Um, so Wilhelm Reich was building these generators out in the desert, and he was creating clouds in the desert and started making it rain. Also, while being in contact with aliens, may I add, because he writes about that in his books. And he's like, oh my God, the American government are going to be so pleased with me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it livable in these uninhabitable spaces of the land. There's vast landscapes of America that we can't inhabit because it's so hot and it doesn't rain. So he goes to the American government and they basically say, you're a quack and you're selling fake uh, cures for things. So they burn all his books. They no. put him in prison. Boom. And that's the end of Wilhelm Reich. But, but 
where did they not burn all of his books? Book burning. You see, we're going back into that society, book burning, shutting down speech. I'm, You know what I mean? Where we're going. It's like a repeat of 100 years ago. People policing people. It's like, have any ever read 1984? I was in the bookshop today and it says all-time bestsellers, but clearly... <laughs> Clearly, there's still a large percentage of population that have not read 1984. Or maybe they bought it and it's on the shelf. But um, Wilhelm Reich, that was him, died in jail in America. But this guy, Don Croft, then um, I believe in the 70s, the only copies of Wilhelm Reich's books left were in German, the land of the Nazis. The people he ran away from, they decided, they decided they'd leave his books on the shelf. No bother. The Americans don't. None of that talk in here. None of that orgone business. And the American government have made orgone uh, generators illegal on Etsy. They can't, they're not allowed to sell orgone generators on Etsy anymore. They say it emits dangerous radiation. It's like, wait, sorry, you're telling me something that compiles of, of uh, is compiled of crystals copper wire and a bit of resin can cause radiation, buddy. <laughs> like, there's something going on, you know. And, 5G and know, is cool. Like, 5G is cool. Yeah, 5G is grand. You know, we have electrical <laughs> radiation, generators of a, a radiation, no problem. But we have this epoxy resin with a crystal and a, a, a crystal and a bit of a metal aluminium shavings, and that somehow generates radiation. But yeah, they translated his books in the 70s back into English. And there's a massive movement. Uh, there's Organize Africa. So there's a guy called George Ritzel in, um, in South Africa. And he, he uh, makes these orgone generators. And you have videos, like all of the African shamans are like, yeah, we're down with this guy. We're this, we approve of this guy's work, you know? So he's down with the native people. He gives them orgone generators. And he has been making it rain in places that it hasn't rained. You know, big into, every, a lot of this community is into the weather manipulation, chemtrails. I don't want to get into any of that. That's irrelevant. That's not why I'm doing it. That's, I, I don't care. You know what I mean? Maybe they are manipulating the weather. Maybe they are not manipulating the weather. I'm not going to be the authority on it. But a lot of the Orgone community are big on chemtrails, harp, weather manipulation. So George Ritzel is um, making, he organized Africa. He's making it rain in Africa, essentially, because he's transforming desert into fertile land. Um, and then there's a woman in California. I would recommend if anybody wants to learn about orgone energy and orgone as a woman called Sharon Dapna and her and her husband have dedicated their lives in California to uh, organizing all of California. And they claim, and I'm not saying, oh, it's definitely because, but they correlate the time where they've covered California in um, organized and coming out of drought causing it to rain I don't know but all, all I know is my personal experience and, and, and this is the thing about everybody in the modern age they're very sure to say that's a load of bollocks it's like well have you experienced it firsthand for yourself no you haven't so good luck with your opinion but I've, I've, I've experienced this firsthand so I was doing, uh, I was training 
for uh, the Scanar device. We might talk about that a little bit later. I'm a Scanar therapist. So uh, the Scanar device, we'll give you a quick synopsis. What, coming next, um, <laughs> the Scanar device uh, was developed by the Russian Space Agency in the 80s. And it's a frequency healing device that basically stimulates the body to repair itself. So I was at a, a, a training weekend uh, with Scanar therapists. And uh, the guy who was conducting it was like, yeah, this is an orgone generator. It'll just, it'll just cleanse the energy of the room. Same as a tree. You know, a tree takes in uh, deadly orgone energy and gives out positive orgone energy if you are viewing it from an alchemical um, point of view. But like now we have science and we can explain carbon dioxide, oxygen, the exchange of soil, chemicals into the earth and so on and so forth. But um, this guy was going on about the organite. So I said, Asher, I might as well buy some. If he says it's good, if it's as good as the Scanar device, well, then I, I, I'm with this guy, you know, I trust. So, you know, I went off and I bought an Orgone energy device. And myself um, and uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, we were going to bed and we we're really tired. Like, you know, it was like 11 o'clock and we we're going to sleep. 11 o'clock. It was about one o'clock or something. I don't know. Oh, it was really, it was really late. It's like four o'clock in the morning. We were so tired. Um, but I, I don't know what time it was. <laughs> but we, it was time for us to go to bed. <laughs> but the, the organite device was in the room. And we got into bed. And we were both tossing and turning. I was like, I was wrecked 10 minutes ago in the living room. And now I can't sleep. What's going on? And she was like, it's that device. Get that out of the room. And it was. We took the organite device out of the room and straight to sleep. But oh my God, the dreams, like the dreams were absolutely vivid, cosmic, mad dreams. So I was like, I need to buy a load of this stuff because whatever is going on, there is something going on. I slept with it in the room the next day. It just took me 24 hours for, for my field of energy to adapt to the field of energy mm -hmm. of this organ device. It just took 24 hours or so. But like it could take people, it does, it does say don't leave. Some people find, you know, the integration process with it uh, to, be, to be quite sensitive. And some people are like that with crystals as well. You know, mm -hmm. some people are very energy sensitive. You leave a crystal beside your bed and you won't be able to sleep. It's like, oh, some buzz off that. So I went and I bought, I think it was like 12 pieces of organite from Etsy. And it was something like 50 euro. And I was living in Limerick at the time. So they were posted to my mother's house. And my mother texts me and goes, there's a bag of rocks here with a, <laughs> with a price 50 euro on it. You're not spending 50 euro on rocks, are you? Like, I know you're, you're earning your own money. You can spend your money on whatever you want, but don't be spending your money on stupid things like that. And I was like, oh, fair enough. Like, you wouldn't get it, mom. It's an orgone generator, you know? But, um... That was all well and good. <laughs> and I get a text the next day from my sister. And <laughs> she says, what the fuck are you doing with that juju in the house? I couldn't <laughs> sleep last night. And when I did, my dreams were mental. And I was like, I told you to leave him outside. Because I think I had said to them, leave him outside. But they were like, ah, oh, ignore that. Uh, just leave him outside. Ah. And then about two or three hours later, I get a text from my mother saying, had a strange night last night. Didn't sleep very well. 
something to do with those rocks? Question mark. And I was just <laughs> laughing my head off. I'm like, yeah, it's got something to do with those rocks, all right. But um, yeah, um, I recently gave one to a friend of mine, and and I told him, um, you know, um, you might get mad dreams, it might have this, might have that. And he came to me a couple of weeks later, and he goes, I didn't have any mad dreams, but he said, seriously, man, like. I don't know if it's the organite or what, but he said, like, I just began to resolve a load of things with my family from my childhood and stuff like that. And I was just like, I don't know, but it could be. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the organite does. But according to Wilhelm Reich, it attracts in negative energy, transmutes it, and gives out positive energy like a tree. And... As far as I have experienced firsthand, I would say, yep, I'm, I'll roll with that. You know, I'll roll with that explanation. I, I believe that to be true because of what I've experienced. And it's not like, it's not like a fate claim of like some guy on the internet sending, sending me something. I've experienced, I've experienced what it does. Um, really mad. Like when I started meditating with it as well, these intense visualizations like, whoa, man, you know, like really um, mad. But yeah, so, so I, I, I took it upon myself to, to get into the land healing uh, like Wilhelm Reich because Ireland is a land that has stored a lot of trauma. You know, we, we don't have our culture as per se. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. we, are, mm -hmm. we are a nation disconnected from everything that we actually are. You know, we do have the music and the dance, but like, you know, um, I was only looking at a map yesterday of native Irish speakers. And it's not, it's not as if I'm a kind of squail gagak law, you know what I mean? But I wasn't raised in a, in a, you know, my parents did not have an emphasis on Irish. You know, they didn't speak a lot of Irish. My grandparents didn't speak a lot of Irish. So you're really kind of dependent on your family or to be sent, like some of my friends were sent to a Gwail Skull. Mm. And I think, ah, oh. and, and I remember as a kid, it was kind of like the Gwail Skull, weirdos go to the Gwail Skull. And it's like, it's got kind of that thing. Like when you're like 10 years of age, like, oh, they're weird. Like they, they speak Irish. What would you be doing that? And that's kind of programmed into our minds. And that's really sad. Like, people are, oh, there's no use for the language. There's no, what use? What do you mean use? It's it's who we are. <laughs> like that's our culture. Oh, it's it's not good from an economic point of view if we can't use it for business trade with Chinese economics. You know what I mean? This is the this is the, the frame of mind that we're coming at it from. It's like holy, holy, holy lord. It's like our and, and, and like the, lowest the significance fucking, of them. On the lowest level, we should just see it as being one of the <laughs> coolest fucking code languages in the world, you know? Oh man. But like, oh, well, I, I get it. Like, I get the whole thing with the disconnection of language, dude. Like, mm. I don't... One of the struggles that I've had with being Irish is feeling that, like, having to be attached to the old diddly eye, only Gaelic-speaking <laughs> fucking, you know, like... Yeah, we don't want that with... either. We don't want that either, you know? But, you know, we need, we need something fresh. We need something new. We need, we need to bring neo-Irishness to the table. Not yes. this thing of, yes. like, you know, dancing around fucking Newgrange, dressed up in fucking Latin American I'd be up for that like, now. Clothes, <laughs> you know, pretending that, like, like, 
I'm not saying that like people that are doing these things are are doing anything that's harmful, but I don't see it as being something that is necessarily revolutionary because to me it just causes more fucking separation. It's like mm. the thing of, I mean, uh, I, I, I'll go back to the thing with the land for a minute. It's like, like here everyone just gives everyone shit like there's just so many vegetables like i just keep getting given gifts of food because people have it on their land you know and it's normal whereas in ireland typically we associate that with like you know the fucking the the crusty couple that you know who like have the bit of land in fucking wexford or whatever and they have this fucking baby hanging off them and they smell a little bit weird and their car's got moss growing on the floor I got some studs, L, man. Yeah, they bring you over an L bushel of fucking uh, of vegetables, and you kind of feel a little bit like, oh, like, like, just do we have to play these stereotypes in order to be able to have something yeah. that we should just yeah, have without no. having to fucking yeah. play games, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And I feel that way about Ireland. Like, there's a, there's a, like, about the Irish language, like, there's a huge judgment thing that has prevented me from wanting to learn it where it's like oh people who can speak irish typically have always given me the attitude of like oh well you can't you know and like my have, have they? Have, I, I haven't i haven't experienced that you know i experience um, it a lot but maybe it's because it's even more radical in dublin <laughs> like maybe the people who do speak okay irish, you know yeah. what i mean and that's a dublin thing rory do you know what i mean that's a dublin thing <laughs> You don't speak Irish, man. Are you serious? Are you joking? <laughs> Way by. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, 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 no offense. Yeah. Huh? I, was gonna say, I have to wrap it up in a few minutes because I actually have someone coming over for dinner. Okay. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what, what would you like to, before, because I want you to plug yourself as much as you want, but okay. also. Okay. What do you feel? What's coming through for you? What's the message that you have for our listeners, Irish or otherwise? The there was one thing I wanted to say to you, right? And it makes sense. It makes sense. It all makes sense, you see, why Ireland has progressed in a way that it has. And you know, you have this old thing of it's the British's fault. They took everything from us. The British. But that's separation. That's fucking bullshit. We're all humans. We're all on the earth. What it is, is excess masculine and neglect of the mother. Neglect of the mother tongue. Neglect of the mother land. We wanted the male energy. We have Britain, the kingdom. We're Irish people. We're commerce, business. We will follow Britain. Masculine, yes. Forget about the mother tongue. It's no good for us. Commerce. We will speak English now because this is important for us to do trade, make money. So we were more concerned about progressing out of the bog. You know what I mean? We didn't want to be bog people. We wanted to progress into the modern world. We wanted to have lavatories. You know what I mean? Mm. We didn't want to be pooing in a hole anymore and, 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 and farming the land. I suppose that's post-famine as well. It's like, oh, well, the land is not always going to look after us. We need commerce, like 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 the civilized British man, you know. So we abandoned the mother, you know. That that's my that's my analysis, you know. And there's no blame in in what happened in Ireland, you know. It was bad, but you know, ah, it was his fault. It was all him. He took our language. You know, that's ridiculous, you know. 
it's a microcosm um, of the of the overall picture though as well i mean like you know this is exactly you know we have abandoned the mother we have abused yeah. the mother yes. and we're trying yes. to say yes. fuck you and it's reflected mother. down into do the culture myself. exactly the mother has been neglected mm-hmm. yes um plug myself so um, wait, 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 Freddy, Freddy. Okay. How do we, how do okay. we get back to Mama? How do we get back to Mama, Freddy? Where's, what's the first step? In your the first opinion? step to get back to our mother. Yeah. Um, hmm. Ooh. Um. I suppose interfacing with the land. You know, mm. I think for Irish people as well, uh, the ancient Irish Oam calendar is our map. It's our map back to the motherland. So. So basically what the ancient Irish Oam calendar is, is, is 13 trees that are represented by the Oam language, um, 13 months. It's a lunar calendar. And each one of those um, creates a balanced ecosystem with the next. So each one of the trees balances the soil. So we balance the, you know, if we look at it like a computer chip, it's like we're reprogramming the soil for a positive thing. And, and you know, I was watching, did you see Paul Stamets's uh, Fantastic Fungi? No, see but that I've documentary? heard it's great. I, I really like that. Guy. I watched it the other night. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend Fantastic Fungi. The hairs will stand up on the back of your neck because like Paul Stamets is just like, so much love for that man. He's, he was just a dude out in the woods and, and he became a pioneer of mushroom culture. He's not a scientist. He just started running experiments. They have, they have created mushrooms that will clean our soil, mushrooms that will dissolve uh, oil spills and eat the oil, you know, that will take toxins out of the soil. We can heal the earth with the mushrooms and the trees. It can be done. You know, so you have all these people who put their hands up and they go, I'm going to, protested the government and throw throw rocks at cars to stop them getting from work but it's like there's actually productive things we can do to nourish our mother you know and paul stamets has a lot of the answers uh if you're irish the ancient irish oam calendar has a lot of the answers but really it's general permaculture interfacing with the land going back to the land i think that is the first thing that connects us to the earth and and so that we no longer view ourselves as these separate entities that we view ourselves as a part of our earth we are animals you know just because we live in these houses uh, and and an increasingly sterilized future you know people afraid to get a bit of muck on them you know that was no fear for me i grew up in the countryside i i, I grew up in welly boots covered in muck you know playing with worms and stuff like that you know so um a, 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 an honor, a privilege for me, but many humans, you know, it, it comes from mothers. Mothers discon. Billy, don't get your pants dirty. You can get muck on them. There'll be muck on your hands. You know, you have children <laughs> afraid of dirt. Like it's like this. This is the mother t- taking their child away from the mother. It's like ah, what's going? On? It's like a complete conflict of interests. Um, but yeah, it is that. Uh, germophobia and things like that. A bit of muck never done anyone any harm. Um, so is it time to plug myself now or what are yeah, we like man. on the clock? Yeah, plug myself. Um, yeah. I am a, a yoga teacher and I run yoga retreats with my friend Mariam Bash. 
Uh, both Mariam and I are 500 hour qualified yoga teachers. Uh, I did my yoga teacher training in Waterford with a, with a, a, a legendary Waterford yoga teacher, Michael Connolly, who has been uh, serving the people of Waterford. Uh, he's been the yoga dealer. He has a t-shirt that actually says uh, yoga dealer. Uh, I, I always got a good laugh off that. He's dealing out the yoga for that's over 20 years. You. That's how we got you from the session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. You know, when, when you're framing it for a session head, it's like, he's dealing out yoga, is it? That's cheaper than that other stuff anyway, and it's good for your health, you know what I mean? Maybe he's got um, a bit of that organized stuff in the back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Generating positive. Well, you know, yoga generates positive orgone energy. People can, we are orgone generators, you know, and I talked to my friend, I had a friend, one of the lads in the band, you know, the lads wouldn't be so into crystals and things like that. One of the lads was asking me like, uh, what's this crystal do? You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, it absorbs negative energy. And uh, I was like, you know, he works in a music shop. And I was like, you know, like when you have some people come into the music shop and you feel drained after dealing with them, you know, i.e. this person emits uh, negative orgone energy they suck the life out of you because they have so much to offload you need a crystal like that in front of you to protect you from a motherfucker like that you know just because we don't see our, our energetic fields you know people don't don't believe it as to be real but once you tune into it I was like, oh no it's very real I spent 15 minutes with that fella and I want to throw myself into the river you know or whatever or, or you're with somebody and they're lifting your spirits so it's like a human can generate positive or negative orgone energy. Uh, and there's exercises and practical things that a human can do to generate more positive orgone energy in their life. You know, diet, yoga, tai chi chi, uh, not only yoga, you know, tai chi, chi gong, whatever. You know what I mean? There's, there's a billion and one ways, even going for a run, a jog, a walk in nature, absorb that positive orgone energy. So um, back to plugging myself. I run yoga retreats with my friend Mariam and her partner Keshav is coming from India. He is a, a, a Himalayan yogi mountain man. So the three of us are going to be running yoga retreats uh, in Waterford and South Kilkenny. We are running retreats. Uh, we've postponed our October retreat because of level three. Ding, ding. We're on level three. You know, when it was, when it was called phases, I was making a joke with myself. I was like, phase two, sure, I done that years ago. I done phase two. <laughs> phase two was a doddle, you know. Phase two was a right crack. <laughs> while, while, um, before my holistic uh, life, I was an electrician, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. a, a construction worker. So I done phase two. Uh, so so um, I haven't really plugged myself as a Skanar therapist. Although I have treated a lot of people, I haven't really integrated it into my business yet because basically... I've been focusing on the last year, since I came home from India, like I, I did my yoga teacher training, my second yoga teacher training in India, uh, in Swami Krishananda's uh, yoga ashram in South India. And when I came home, I basically was faced with a choice of, you have your, your day job, which takes up 40 hours a week. You have your band and you have your yoga practice. One of them has to go. One of the, you cannot fit the three of them in. And it wasn't going to be the music or the yoga. So I was like, goodbye, day job. <laughs> so 
Um, I've basically been focusing on filling my yoga classes and building up because it takes time to build up a, a, rep- a repertoire or a reputation as, as a teacher that people trust. So now I have enough students, I think, you know, coming to, you know, I teach, I was, I was teaching six classes a week up to today. Um, so I was teaching six classes a week, which is a lot um, energetically. And then doing yoga retreats once a month. Uh, we just started back. We did our first retreat last month in September because we were running them last December, January. You came down and did a, a shamanic retreat with us. So we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. So we have Mariam's place, the Dunkid Zen house, um, where Mariam runs like uh, she she's a sound healer as well. Like she does singing bowls and she does her own. I can't remember. She has her own form of energy healing i can't remember the name of it but um you know she does that there as well at the dunk kids Zen. and then we run the yoga retreat she does full moon meditations she does you know all all the good stuff and we are currently working on a construction project of converting uh, another building into a yoga shala because oh, great. the way things have gone with COVID and we hope to have all kinds of retreats there as well. So myself, will, Mary, you and the, will you be doing the, the Zoom yoga as well? I might, but you see my internet, as, as you've experienced, my internet is not the best. Do you know what I mean? I don't have de- deadly internet in my house. So Zoom yoga might be a problem. I'm definitely going to do, I have a, a YouTube channel. <clears throat> you will find me under Yogi, Y-O-G-I, Freddy. So basically what I have up there is beginner's yoga. Um, I might put up Surya Namaskar, uh, salutes to the sun. But if people are new to the practice of yoga, definitely start with the uh, the beginner's yoga. Uh, I might try and do some more advanced stuff over the next three weeks. It is, I'm not going to be teaching for three weeks, but it has allowed me the opportunity to focus on this construction project because basically I was given three days a week to teach in yoga. And then my other two days a week, Thursday and Friday, say, given to this construction project. And it's really, really energetically taxing to teach six yoga classes and then not have a rest and then go and work construction. I was mixing cement last week, Rory, and we were mixing it by hand. My back was in bits. Like mixing cement is is not a yeah, you need a cement mixer, like you know. I don't. We did, I don't miss it at all, man. I don't. We went. We all. went through two tons, two tons of gravel. We went through. You know what I mean? So we shoveled two tons of gravel through, through, uh, through fucking uh, wheelbarrows. You know. But this is what has to happen if we want to get a yoga shala built. But it's going to be yoga. There's going to be definitely time for kirtan, cambo ceremonies, cacao ceremonies, shamanic journeying workshops. We'll definitely have you down. So uh, big plans, but we're not, we're not, I suppose this is the first time I've made it public that we're doing this, you know, but myself, Mariam and Keshav are all going to be running classes, workshops, and this is going to be in uh, Passage East, which, 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 which I like to be, uh, like to describe as the passageway to the Eastern way, to the Eastern philosophy. We are located in Passage East, in which is also... In the passage east is just south of Cheek Point, where the three <laughs> sisters meet. So passage east. So I'm going to be doing um, yoga, um, yoga cleansing, uh, shat karmas. We're definitely going to do a shat karma weekend. 
And that's going to involve uh, two exercises or two techniques called Kunjal. So Kunjal is like, it's like a very friendly, subtle uh, cambo, you know? Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Kunjal, you drink six glasses of warm, salty water and you vomit them up and it takes the excess kapha out of your body. And then Lagushan Prakshalana, where you drink loads of warm, salty water and you do yoga asanas, yoga exercise, and you keep drinking warm, salty water until it comes out the other end. So I think it's very fitting to be doing <laughs> this exercise to colonically cleanse Ireland in the colon of Ireland. I just, like, I didn't make this up. You know what I mean? This is just where I've landed. You know, how's this is where I was. Fucking, how's that for a fucking alignment to your mission, man? Yeah, I, I, but this is why I feel like this is what I have to do. This is, I don't have a choice in this. This is why I'm here. This is, I, I am the guardian of the colon of Ireland here. Uh, cleansing colons and, and, and filling it with organite. And, and, and we're going to have to have a few mantra chanting sessions down along, along the riverside as well. Uh, Beautiful, so, man. Yeah, it's, I've, I've really, I've enjoyed this. Uh, I've been uh, having a great crack here. So uh, we'll, we'll podcast again sometime in the future, Rory. You know? For sure, man. And I'll be, I'll be back in the island to, to have a bit of, a bit of tomfoolery and spiritual malarkey with you as well. Big love, man. Thanks for doing this. Rory, big love. Thank you very much. We don't go in search of struggles. The processes we enjoy can leave us troubled.
That was the Backroad Smokers Club with Color the World. All the links that you'll need to find Freddie and his amazing music will be on the SoundCloud and on awildawakening.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please won't you consider supporting us. You can check out the Patreon, share it with your friends, give us likes. And if you'd like to get in touch, you can do so through www.awildawakening.com. We'll be back soon. Sending you lots of love. Peace. To join the afraid.